Well, good morning. It is good to see you uh, this morning. Uh, I'm tempted to ask you to just leave it again. So I sit here and I'll preach like this the whole time. I don't know what that's going to do, but or just do this like they do, like I'm dancing up here or something. All that stuff. All I need is a podium. That's all I need. I don't need. Whoa. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28 is where we will uh, be this morning. Uh, Mr. Muscles, Daniel's been working out, can you tell? <clears throat> Matthew 28. Uh, hey, if you're a guest with us here this morning, my name is uh, Justin Holfield. I'm one of the pastors here, uh, and uh, you come on, a, on an awesome Sunday to come, so we uh, typically what we do is we just kind of walk expositionally through uh, the Bible, and so we've been through going through the book of Acts, and then uh, beginning of February, we took a break from that, uh, and next Sunday, we'll pick back up in Acts chapter 5. Uh, Luke will be back with us next Sunday. This morning, he is at First Baptist Pascagoula uh, preaching. He did a disciple now uh, this weekend, and now he's uh, preaching this morning there, but next week, he'll be back, uh, and he'll start back with Acts chapter 5. Uh, and so he'll tell you uh, about Ananias and Sapphira next week. And so kudos to him. Uh, but anyway, so what we've been doing over the past uh, three weeks, or now this will be fourth week, uh, is going uh, over what we, we have titled Starting Point. And so about a year ago, if you remember Cross Point, you may remember, you may not remember, whenever uh, I began to lay out uh, gospel, a gospel-driven church uh, will look like, uh, some the characteristics of a gospel-driven church and discipleship or service. Uh, I kind of told you how how things were going to play out. I told you that like the first kind of order of business was you know shoring up our Sunday morning gathering, and then after that, uh, and it was crazy. I actually said this about a year ago today that in a year from then uh, that we would be relooking at church membership. Uh, and so here we are, so we're in phase two of this gospel-driven church to where over the past uh, three weeks, now four weeks to counting today, we've been really looking again at church membership. You say, Justin, that seems kind of odd. And let me tell you why. The why we are uh, looking at church membership and really as a church, uh, recommitting ourselves to one another through this series called Gospel, I mean, through uh, Starting Point. Uh, is because uh, even before COVID, uh, there was a decline in church as in the value of actually being a member of a local church. Uh, somewhere in the past 20, 25 years, uh, Christianity, that's always been like a group thing. It's always been about the body, right? It has shifted from this corporate side of Christianity to this individualistic type idea of Christianity. It's be about me and my relationship with Jesus, which is true. Like there has to be a personal aspect of it. But biblically, what we see is that that personal relationship with Jesus is connected to the, the corporate life of the church, uh, that it is meant to be lived out in the context of community. And specifically, uh, me uh, committing myself to a local body. And one reason that we can know that, just read through scripture and look at, after you get through the book of Acts and Romans, but look at all the one another statements that you find throughout the New Testament. Love one another, bear with one another, uh, lead one another, love one another. How can we live out one another if we're not connected to a group of people? 
is literally impossible, right? And so there's this, uh, there's a need to, but for some reason it's shifted and there's this individual side of Christianity. And so what's happened is the, the value of actually me committing myself to a local body has disintegrated. And with that comes low expectation and low buy-in, right? And I want to tell you this, is like COVID didn't create that. COVID just exaggerated it. Like it just, it just, it, it made it come to our face to where you're having to beg people. Now I know for some people, you literally, it's like if you're joining in online, I'm not bashing you at this moment. For some people, they, they, they have to. We have people who are members of our church who are homebound. They're going to stay at home. And that's perfectly okay. But for anybody who is, who is well, well enough to come to church, you should desire to be here, right? And say, Justin, that's not appropriate. Like, no, that, like, the reality is, is that because of where we are now, I can have First Baptist Church of Justin sitting in my living room, right? I don't even have to get dressed. I can pick the music that I like. The sermon doesn't have to go longer than I don't want it to. I don't have to rub elbows with people I may not get, get, get along with all the time. I may not have to see somebody who may be mad last week. I can pause it and go get, go to the, you know, go get something to eat real quick and come back. It's literally at our fingertips. And so the desire for us to get to this point as a church is that, man, as, as the pastors, what we desire to do is to raise the value for us as a body of Christ to see how important it is for us to commit ourselves to one another and to make a fresh commitment that I'm going to commit myself to this group of people. It's not a reaction to something. It's not so that we can do this. It, it is, it is it's time for us as a staff. And this is something like for the past three or four years, God has been leading me in and really find, finally started to make things clear is that, man, for us to like, for the church to be like, like the center part of my life again. I remember the good old days, like whenever like church revolved, I mean, your life revolved around church and, and like, and things like that, like fun was had at the church and like the church was like the, the, the center place of our life. Like church wasn't, uh, if I didn't have something else, but everything revolved around that. Like let's raise the value of what it means to be committed to a church again. All right, everybody with me? So that's the reason why we're walking through a series like this in a big corporate setting because as a pastor, because I wanted to call us all to recommit, you know, recovenant ourselves to one another again. And I had two options. I rather could go meet with every individual member in a private meeting that would take two years to do that. Or I could say, let's just do it all at one time. And so that's what we're doing. And so that's why we're here. And so anyway, we laid out kind of our new vision for Crosspoint. So Canton, if you'll throw that graphic up, uh, it is this, is that at Crosspoint, we exist for God's glory by committing ourselves to three things, God's truth, God's people, and God's mission. So that's how our weeks have been set up. Week one, we talked about us committing ourselves to God's glory and why, why we're even walking through this series. And so a lot of things I just got done talking about, uh, we talked about in week one. And so after that, week two was how we commit ourselves to God's truth. That as a church, we don't have the freedom to make the church how I want it to be. Like the church isn't anything that, it could be anything I want it to be. No, God's truth reveals who his body is and who his church is. And we build our life upon God's word, right? Like I will build my life. There's the things we just got through singing is that it is, it is a primary thing that we go to God's truth. And the good news about this graphic that you see is that God has revealed himself in truth. 
right? It, our knowledge of God is a revelation. He has, he has brought us into the knowledge of him, right, through his word. But also what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a part of a church, all those things are in God's word. So therefore, we, we commit ourselves to God's truth. And in doing so, we, we glorify him. Uh, the, the week three, which would be core value number two, we talked about last week, is that we commit ourselves to God's people. And God's who, God is who created the church. Listen, the, the church isn't, a, isn't something that I designed. It's, it's God's design. It's his church. He gives us, he creates a people. And in turn, we're called to commit to one another. And in doing so, we bring him glory. And then finally, this morning, we commit ourselves to God's mission. So we, we exist to glorify God by committing ourselves to God's truth, God's people, and God's mission. In Matthew chapter 28, very familiar passage of scripture. Even if you haven't been in church, you've probably heard uh, parts of this. If not, that's okay. Uh, uh, we'll teach you that this morning. This is, so Jesus, uh, he came, he became man, and he, and he lived on, the, in the, on this earth for some 33 years-ish, uh, and during his ministry, he called together 12 guys. And at this point, there's 11 of them left. And so for three, three and a half years, he taught them. He, they saw his miracles. They, they saw that God was attesting to him that we, what we see in, in Acts, that God was saying, this is my son. Uh, and, and now Jesus has, he has died. He has raised again. Uh, and now he's, he's about to ascend. He's about to go back to the Father. And before then, he has a conversation with the 11 remaining disciples. And it is what is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission is whenever, when Jesus commissions his disciples to go make more disciples. He commissions the, the disciples to go build the church, to, to start the church. And so whenever you hear us talking about the, God's mission or the great commission, this is where we get it from. So let's start reading in verse 16. It says, and now the 11 disciples went to Galilee and to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. I wish I had time for this, but I don't. But it says, and they saw him and they worshiped him, but some doubted. Like I just had to, I had to go a time out there this week, like, we talk about the resurrected Jesus, but some of them still doubt. Like, what are they doubting? Like, like what's going on? Anyway, I don't have time, and so I got to keep going. And we'll come back to that maybe one day. Verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, check this out, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. All. Now I need you to catch the all that I've, not just get them in the door, like teach them to observe all that I've commanded you, right? I get, catch that. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now this is this is the church's marching orders, y'all. Like this is his, 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 one of his last words to the disciples. He's about to go and he says, first of all, he says, before I command you something, I need you to know something. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. 
Like Jesus had, even though some were doubting, right? Jesus looked at him and said, hey, I need you to know that all the Father has given me all authority in heaven and in earth. And so in one sense, we read that and go, hey, Jesus has all authority. Like, and you start thinking about like, you know, our enemies and my mind goes to like putting the enemies under his feet. Like he has all authority. But what I want you to notice here is that his statement of authority precedes his commissioning of them, right? So what he's saying to them is, I have ultimate authority, as in what I say to you, you must do because I have all authority. You you follow me? So he says, all authority has been given to me, and through his authority, he now says this, you know, go, go therefore. This word go is, is, is not just a picture of like go to Uganda or go like it's literally as you're going as you're as you're going as you're living your life he says so go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i've commanded so so jesus said hey i've got all authority it's a king literally saying i have all authority now go make disciples listen to me as the church we have we have, I mean, that's, a, that's our marching orders. The one who has all authorities has called his followers and go, all right, now you go make disciples. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a choice, if you will. It's our marching order. So he says, go and make, deci- make disciples. And he says, and baptize them. Not only do you make disciples, not only do you get, do you, not only is there conversion, but and baptize them. And then he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. What was that? That's the past three years, right? So check this. Think about local body here. So go make disciples, baptize them. So that's the picture of the outsider becoming an insider, right? You can't teach that insider all that he has commanded in just a moment. So he says, so it's a, it's, a, it's a season, it's a life, right? So a part of the Great Commission is not just going to make converts, easy believism, but it's within the church that we teach one another all that Jesus has commanded. That we, not only that, but to observe, to obey. And then he says, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Man, how, I thought, I think I wrote in our small group questions, but I, how would it really impact our lives if we truly understood the one who has all authority has also promised his presence to us to the end of the age? Like how much, <laughs> how much does our life reflect that reality, right? The one who has all authority has also promised his presence even to the end of days. Anyway, I've got to get to the the text. And so core value number three this morning is God's mission. We at Crosspoint, we are committed to God's mission. Why? Because Jesus has all authority has been given to me. Go make disciples of all nations. But not only converts, but you also have to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. That's called church life. That's called discipleship or discipleship training if you're real churchy, or, or it is literally doing life, teaching us to observe. So what we believe is that the gospel 
drives God's people into God's mission. That when you and I sit under a healthy diet of the gospel, that what will happen is, is our hearts will naturally be connected to God's mission. It's because the gospel is what, just like we talked about last week, the gospel is what forms the church, right? The gospel is also what forms our view of God's mission. Like, what is the gospel? Right, we, we talk about it a lot. The gospel is not man working himself, way, his working himself back to God. The gospel is not me saying, you know what, I know that I'm messed up and I'm broken, so I'm gonna read a book about seven ways to stop doing something or get the better me now or this, that, and the other. The gospel is that I was dead in my sin, but God, who was rich in mercy, even before the foundation of the earth, he had, the, he had predestined the plan to take place exactly like it would that the Son of God would actually come to redeem man. So what we see is that even so, if you take the Bible, this is how the gospel forms our view of God's mission. So we take it and realize that when God created Adam, the first Adam, he already knew when the second Adam, Jesus, would come. Even before Adam had disobeyed the first time, he knew that the perfect obedience of his son would happen at another time. And so we read through the scripture, we begin to look at the gospel and understand that even in creating Adam and before creating, God has always been on mission to redeem mankind. So the gospel, it forms that all all these things are transpiring by the will of God, for the glory of God and the renown of his son. Not only does the gospel view our form our view of God's mission, but it also informs our participation in God's mission. What did we just read? Go and make disciples of all nations. We understand that whenever we get saved and we get redeemed, that, that it isn't like God goes, all right, you're in, go sit in the locker room. No, the imagery that we see whenever Jesus sends out the workers uh, and Luke is literally like a a coach grabbing uh, somebody and throwing them into a game. That's the picture that it gives. Have you ever been there before? Uh, If you ever played sports and like, I remember I wasn't that good of an athlete there in high school. I had some things I was real small, but I remember uh, there were times that I would be sitting there and then Coach Broom, by the way, Coach Broom, who uh, he just won a national championship. I mean, a state championship if y'all were at, uh, uh, anyway. Sorry, my mind goes all over the place when I'm up. I told y'all oftentimes I know what I've got to say and I'm saying things, but my mind's also going all over the place over here uh, at the same time. But anyway, uh, there'd be times that, you know, I'd be sitting on the bench and then all of a sudden Broom would come get me and just like throw me onto the court, right? That's the picture when you look at in the, in the gospel of Luke, whenever Jesus is sending out workers to the harvest that we pray, ultimately what he's saying is pray that, that God would grab some workers and throw them out. Right, so when we get saved, it isn't like we just get saved to sit on the sideline. No, he saves us and we see that he's placed us back into the mission. Salvation, when you get saved, it's, you're now a part of the movement to make disciples. Not only that, but the gospel nurtures a culture of compassion and urgency for God's mission. How, how does that? Well, the gospel is good news, but the gospel also teaches us that, yes, we're dead in our sin. 
and the wages of those sin is death, eternal separation from God. Man, that should produce urgency and compassion to share the good news, to join into God's mission. So here at Crosspoint, to glorify God, we commit ourselves to God's mission. We seek to join God in his mission. Remember, it's his mission. By loving him, loving others, and proclaiming the gospel. So we commit ourselves to God's mission. What is God's mission? It's what we read already. It's the Great Commission, making disciples of all nations. A church has to be about making disciples, not just converts, not just making outsiders insiders, but teaching them to observe all that he has commanded. The full picture of the Great Commission. So how do we at Crosspoint commit ourselves to God's mission? Taking notes, number one. By the way, if you didn't get one of these, we have some in the back. Uh, feel free to run back there and grab it. I should have said that at the beginning. Uh, raise your hand and Ryan will bring it to you. But how do we commit to God's mission as Crosspoint Church? Crosspoint Community Church is this. Number one, and this is familiar language from last week, we're a people in place on mission. So this is corporate speaking. All right, remember last week, how do we commit to God's people? We're a people in place. We commit ourselves to gathering on a weekly basis to, to, to sit under the word, to, to sing songs, to pray for one another, that we commit to come in on a weekly basis and worship together, right? So when you see the word people in place, think corporately. And so we as a people, we're a people in place that are on mission corporately. And we pray weekly for unreached people groups and countries and, and missionaries. That's why we do gospel reaches because we are a people in place. We're, we're committed to God's mission. We want to pray for people groups. Say, so Justin, oh, that makes sense. No, that's why we're, we're, because what we pray for shows what we're passionate about. Right? Like what, what, come, what, what, what we place in front and say, this is what my heart desires, this is what we're praying for. Man, our cards are on the table when we do that. So why do we pray each Sunday morning? It's because we're committed to God's mission. Not only do we pray each week for unreached people groups, but we as a body, we as a as Cross Point Church, we give financially to local and international ministry and missions organizations. I don't know if you know this, but during the gospel reach, we've actually prayed for every single one of the people that we financially support. So rain down. Uh, every, uh, John's uncle, like all, those, all these are people that we as a church financially support. And if you want to see that list of people, list of ministries and missionaries and stuff, you got our website, crosspointchurch.org, and you can find it under the missions page. You actually see the people who we actually on a monthly basis support financially. We're, we're getting back to, we're going to get back to this, that so we go by sending short-term mission teams around the world. And so before COVID, we, had, we were going every, well, I think we took a few trips to the Dominican Republic and we'll pick those back up with, with PJ and Wilfredo. And there's hopes and plans with Luke being here now and his time in India and his connections to India that we'll begin to start sending teams back over there. And so we as a church, we're gonna to commit to these short-term mission trips around the world. But also as a church, Acts 1-8 says, we, we live on mission in our city state, country, and world. This is everyday life. 
This is whenever a tornado hits, so-so, and the church rallies around the goat. How are we committing to God's mission corporately is that we're gonna, we're gonna be there in places that, that we can serve our community, especially in, in disasters and hardships that we will be there. That's a part of who we are as a church. We're a people in place on mission. But number two, we're a people in places on mission. And this is maybe some kind of new for you. And this is something that we are going to <clears throat> intertwine into our DNA at Crosspoint. And so um, a part of the, the movement of the, you know, the past 20 years of individualistic uh, type things and consumerism is there began to be this picture, and I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't invite our friends to church, but it became this picture that in order for somebody to get saved, I had to invite them to church so that the preacher could share the gospel. Right, and that's a lot of the models for many churches is just invite, 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 because it's the preacher's job to share the gospel. Well, my hope and my plan is we turn that thing on its head. Like, like the, 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 the picture of the church is that, man, we're a people in places on mission. Right? Like we're a people in places. Yes, we still invite people to church. I'm ne- never, we, by nature, we have to be an inviting body. Like I hope that you, that you like Crosspoint enough that you invite your friends and your family here. But the, the point of evangelism is not right here, it's in places, right? It's, it's outside these walls. Now, obviously I know they, they, they intermingle, right? You can't separate evangelism from the Sunday morning gathering. But the, we're a people in places. What does that mean? Is that in my life, I look to see God at work and I join God in that work. Is that Henry Blackaby uh, experiencing God, like see where God's at work? Like that was before my time, but I've heard about it. See where God's at work and join where God's at work. And so we, we see him. So what does that look like? As we're living our life, we see needs and we meet needs. Right? We don't have to wait for, for Justin or, or Ryan or somebody to come up with this cool outreach plan or evangelism plan. No, it's just individually as I'm living my life as a member of Crosspoint, I'm committing myself to try to see where God's at work and I'm gonna join him there. All right, everybody with me? Everybody tracking with me? Like I, I'm, I'm asking God to allow me to see needs and meet needs. And sometimes that's individually, but sometimes that's even with your small group, right? Remember, our people in places is an idea of small group or in our community. Our prayers is that as you're living your life, there may be something that you see that needs work that you rally your whole small group around. We're people in places. We're sharing the gospel personally. So when I say we as Crosspoint, we commit to God's mission. I'm not just talking about us as a staff. I'm saying every member of Crosspoint is saying, I commit myself to God's mission, All right? And so when we talk about God's people, I'm not just saying that I, as a pastor, I'm gonna commit myself to you. No, what we're saying is that we're committing ourselves to one another. All of us are making the commitment. I want you to know, I'm gonna sign a new covenant as well, All right? I'm making this commitment just like you. 
Like I'm asking you to, when we say that we're going to commit to God's truth, we're not just saying as a staff, I'm committing to preach from God's word. No, we, as members of Crosspoint, we're a people committed to God's truth. And we're a people committed to one another. And we're a people committed to God's mission. Where do we do that? Right where you are every day. I'm not there yet, but I know I'll get there. Uh, But I know for, for many people, for all of us in our life, we have places we spend most of our time, right? Whether that be work, whether that be that place right across the road called the sports place, or that be a golf course, or that be soccer fields, or that be wherever, listen to me. How do we do this? How are we people in places? You just keep living your life, but you do it and commit it to God's mission, right? How, how, can, how can we serve the other parents of our, our, that's on our, you know, have kids on our kids' team? How can we serve people at the workplace? How can we be committed to the mission here? This is not some, the idea of being God, committed to God's mission is not this crazy abstract thing. It's no, as you're living your life, make disciples. The baseball fields, the, the basketball court, the, the gas station, the workplace, like wherever it is, we're committed to God's mission. So what's, what's my evangelism strategy at Crosspoint? It's just live your life and do it committed to God's mission. I'm simple-minded, y'all know that. Every Christian lives on mission with God every day. He says, all authority has been given to me. And here's my authoritative decree. Go make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Why are we, why do we value this so much? Because I want God's, I want Christ's presence with us in the things that we're doing. And the way that his presence is going to be with us is doing things the way that he's designed them to do and be. Everybody follow me? Like, I share this in, in, in premarital counseling and things is, like, there's a way that God is, like, you can experience marriage, right? Apart from the way that God's done it or designed it. But you'll experience it the greatest whenever you experience it in the way that God has designed it. Right, same way with church. We just want to we want to we want to value what God values. So, what are the next steps? Right, so there's starting point. We exist for God's glory by committing ourselves to God's truth, God's people, God's mission. I'm going to pray for us in a minute. The band's going to come out. We're going to sing a song, and after that, I know Ryan mentioned we're going to take a break. We're going to run over there, get your kids real quick. Uh, and so if you're a member of Crosspoint or you desire to become a member of Crosspoint, this meeting's for you. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to pass out a covenant, a new covenant that I'm expecting all of us to sign. Like, like I said, even, even me and the, the staff are going to sign that. Then after that, we have a little business thing we got to talk about. Uh, 
And so if, if, you, if you're a member of Crosspoint, and I guess you continue to want to be a member of Crosspoint, that you have to, somebody asked me, I've had like, do I have to resign? Yes, you have to resign. We're all signing together. I'm not, this is a, all recommitting ourselves to one another. Or if you desire to, you can stay. Um, and that'd be what happens next. So who are we? We exist for God's glory by committing ourselves to God's truth, God's people, and God's mission. Listen to me, I know that's only at 25 to 45. I know I speak 55 minutes, but uh, we will continue to unpack these core values in days to come, right? So this is just surface and, you know, this is, here we are just flying over these things. But, so that, what does it look like for us? If you desire to, uh, to if you're a member or desire to, to become a member, stay with us afterwards. I know I'm going to eat into your lunchtime, so please forgive me. Uh, but we got an important business to talk about that I'm excited about. I'm telling you, it's been like three years in the making that I finally, and we're here, we're, we're passing, passing this stuff out. And so, anyway, I'm going to pray. Bands will come back out. Uh, Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your love for us. God, we thank you that, uh, that you've called us to yourself and redeemed us, God. Uh, I thank you for Cross Point Church, what it means to me and my family. God, I thank you that my girls will grow up in this body and my boy, God, I thank you for the, the saints that have been here since the beginning. God, I thank you the, for the dynamic of this, of this body and the gift that Crosspoint Church has been to each one of us sitting in this room and to our community. God, we pray that you continue to bless us. God, we pray that you will continue to lead us as we obey your command to go make disciples of all nations, to baptize them and to teach them all that you, to observe all that you have taught and commanded. So God, make us a people that are for your glory, not just the name only. God, that each individual, God, that we would commit to your scriptures, that we will commit to one another, that we'll commit to being, living our life with a purpose and that's on your mission, to share the good news, to share the gospel of Jesus, to look at ways that we could serve you by loving others. To open our eyes to be able to see those things, open our hearts to be able to feel those things. How we love you, it's in Christ's name, amen.